0: Hello and welcome to E Talmud 2.0. We are going to start on the last line of 11A of Chagiga Yud Aleph Amud Aleph. Then we'll of course continue on to Yud Aleph Amud Bey 11B, and that will be our Amud. That will be the page we're going to do for today. Let's uh let's begin. So we were in the middle of talking about different laws that have scriptural support. Um but are seemingly not written explicitly in the in the torah in the five books of moses so the last one we're going to talk about is abrayos, which are illicit sexual relations um and we're going to be asking of ksivan the mishnah seems to say that they have scriptural support but now we're asking of ksivan isn't written explicitly in the in the in the chumash in the torah Lo um, ella, so we're gonna say that no, it's necessary. Meaning we're gonna we're saying that that it does not ha- it has scriptural support, but not written explicitly in scriptures. Ella for the case of levito me anusaso, the case of a the daughter of someone that was born to you out of wedlock. We say uh, the daughter of your rape victim, but. It's really a reference to anybody that was a daughter of yours out of wedlock. Dolok Siva, because it's not written explicitly that you're not allowed to have um, r- relations with your daughter born out of wedlock. De Rava, like Rava said, said, Asya hena hena, asizima zima. We learned that you're not allowed to have relations with a daughter born out of wedlock. From Egei Shava, where we have the two words, Hena, one in this scenario and one in the scenario of a granddaughter who was born from a child that was born to you out of wedlock, where we say it is prohibited, where there's an explicit mention in the verse. And Asya Zima Zima, we also learn out from the words Zima that is written both here um, and in a case of a granddaughter born from a daughter out of wedlock. And we say as follows, Asya, Hena, Hena, we learn from Shava um, of Hena, Hena, that it says over here in the verse, the word Hena, and it's extra. And it says in the verse of a granddaughter born out of wedlock, and it's extra. Um, and we say just like over there, the granddaughter that was born from a child out of wedlock, where it says Hena, and it's, it's prohibited, explicitly prohibited, so too. Here it is explicitly prohibited. It's it's prohibited as well. You're not allowed to um, have sexual relations with a daughter born out of wedlock. And we learn from the same word zema zema that um, you know it says it by it says it by the granddaughter that's born out of wedlock from a daughter born out of wedlock. Um, and it says it over here about a daughter born out of wedlock to teach you just like in the case of the granddaughter that is born from a daughter from out of wedlock. Um, you will, if you do go ahead and have that forbidden sexual relation, you will be burned. Um, you will—it's a capital crime, specifically the with the penalty being burning, uh, Srafa. So, to here, when it comes to a daughter that was born out of wedlock, the same punishment would apply. Okay, now we're going to go on to the next part of the Mishnah: Hain Hain Gufe Torah. These are the fundamentals of the Torah. Now, the Mishnah said this seemingly about the cases that have scriptural support or strong scriptural support. And now the Mishnah, the Gemara is going to ask, Hani in Hanachlo, these are considered the fundamentals of the Torah, the ones that have strong scriptural support. But Hanachlo, the earlier cases that do not have strong scriptural support, um, you're going to say that those aren't considered fundamentals of the Torah. or rather, we're going to say, Hain vehain gufe Torah. Both these and those are fundamentals, considered fundamentals of the Torah, both the ones that have strong scriptural support and the ones that do not. Okay, we are now at Yud Aleph from Beis, and now we're beginning a new Mishnah. Um, not just a new Mishnah, we're going to begin a new chapter, Parak Beis, the second chapter of Chagiga. Let's begin. Ein Dorshin Ba'arayos Bishlosha, you're not allowed to expound the forbidden relations amongst three people. And we're gonna talk about that more in the Gemara. And you're not allowed to expound on the creation of the world, the story of creation, with two people, Merkava and you're also not allowed to expound on the Maisaha Merkava, which is a case, um, which is basically um in Isaiah. I'm sorry, in Ezekiel, there is this discussion of um of the Ma'aser Merkava, this chariot, which is a very Kabbalistic, probably the most esoteric and Kabbalistic part of the Torah of the of the of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. So we're saying you're not allowed to expound on that story. Um, you're not allowed to expound on that story um, with one person. Unless that one person is a scholar who could come. Who could arrive at understanding of the discussion on their own now we're going to go further talking about these similar concepts called mistakal Baradvaram. anybody that scrutinizes um, four things it would have been better had he not come into the world malamala malamata someone that scrutinizes what is beloved or below above our world or below our world um very simply put we're going to explain this more what's before our world what's after our world if you scrutinize these things it would be better as if you do not come into the world and we're going to talk more about what this means and whoever does not care about the, the 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 honor of his creator again it would have been better for him not to have entered this world so now we're going to go through the mishnah and analyze it based on the gemara let's begin Amrit you said in the beginning of the Mishnah, that you're not allowed to expound on the Maise Hamrkava, the story of the chariot in Ezekiel, the with one person, the Hadar Amrit, and then yet you said, afterwards, you said, unless he is a scholar who could arrive at understanding on his own. Now, if Somebody is capable of understanding the mysa Hamerkava. They must be a scholar a massive scholar So when it talks about how you're not allowed to expound with um, on the story of the the Merkava the chariot um, At the beginning of the Mishnah with one person The only person that that would have been relevant to would be somebody that's a scholar And yet it seems that the Mishnah is saying no And then the next line the Mishnah is saying unless he's a scholar then you could then it seems to say yes So which one is it is it yes or no? So, so, we're saying this is what the Mishnah means to say. So, it's going to tell us what it means in each of the scenarios. You're not allowed to expound on the laws of forbidden relations with three other people. Meaning, you have to have a group that's less than three in order to discuss these, um, these laws. And you can expound on the to two other people. Meaning, you'd have to have less than a group of two. And um and I'm sorry you have to have two or less. And Yalta expound on the story of the chariot to one other person. Unless that person is a scholar who would have understood these issues on their own. So that's the end result. So when it comes to arayos, forbidden relations, whatever that means at this point, you're not allowed to um you're not allowed to expound to a group of three you have to have less than a group of three in order to expound on it when it comes to the mice of Boratius, when it comes to the story of creation you're only allowed to expound to two to to less than two and when it comes to the mice Merkava, to the chariot you're only allowed to expound on it if you have one um if you, if you have one and that one person is a massive scholar now we're going to ask why what's the reason for these um for these Restrictions. My time. What's the reason for these restrictions? Um, and we're going to first talk about the one for Arayos, which is the forbidden relations. If you're going to say it's because the verse clearly says that any man, but it says the word man twice, it's a man, a man, which means any man, you're not allowed to go, you approach your close relative to have a relation. um And how could we possibly expound this? It says. Ish, ish, it says man twice, so that's tre, that's two people. Um, and then it says his close relative, chad, that's one more person, so that's a total of three people. And the Torah is saying, do not approach to reveal the nakedness, but what this could be referring to is to reveal the explanations of these passages of nakedness. and what it would be saying is is that with three people you're not allowed to expound on these passages of forbidden relations. but you can't explain the verse like but according to that that which the verse says when it comes to cursing God ish that a man a man or any man that curses God or ish or there was a specific type of idolatry called molech and it says any man or man a man who gives of his offspring to molech are you going to tell me Hachinami, um are you going to say that the same conclusion would apply that you're only going to have a problem you're only going to have a it's only going to be liable it's only a problem to curse god if you're two people cursing god together or it's only a problem to give of your child to molech to this idolatry if you're two people to giving your children together Obviously not. That's not the case whatsoever. Of course, if you're one person cursing God, you're going to be um, you're going to be liable. So then, why does it say man, man in the case of cursing and in the case of molech? Rather, the second time it says the word man, it's coming to include that also non-Jews are not allowed to curse God and non-Jews are not allowed to give of their children to molech. It's coming to teach us that they are just as much warned against cursing God and against Avodozara, just like a Jew, um, idolatry, just like a Jew. And if that's the case, Hainami, so therefore, when it says a man, a man, when it comes to the forbidden relations, it's not coming to teach us that oh, if you have you need three men in order for it to be forbidden to talk about forbidden relations. Rather, it's the second word of time it says the word man is coming to teach you that also a non Jew is warned against forbidden relations, harin Al Ha Israel, that non Jews are also forbidden to have these forbidden relations just like a Jew is. So back to the question from where do we know or why do we say that you're not allowed to expound on forbidden relations to a group of three people or more? Rather, it must be from, from what it says in the following verse. It says, you shall observe my safeguard. And the word, obser- you shall observe, is a plural. So it would be two people. Mishmarti is my safeguard. That's one. So that's what we're going to say. It says, you shall observe. That would be referred to two people. Mishmarti, my safeguard, is one. That's a total of three people. The verse says, And the Torah would be saying perhaps the next part of the verse is they are not to be involved in these abominable practices. And perhaps what it's a reference to is not to be involved in the study of these practices. You can't have three people or more learning, expounding, being expounded to on these types of passages together. But the Gemara says that actually is not the case. You can't expound the verse like that, El But according to that, when it says, you shall keep my Shabbos, you shall guard my Shabbat. And there it's Ushmartem, you shall keep, you shall guard, which seems to be plural. So it's two people. Ushmartem as Or where it says, you shall safeguard the Matzos by Pesach. Again, it's plural. Ushmartem plural. Or it says, you shall safeguard my uh, my holy um, guardianship. Um... Um, you shall safeguard my holy guardianship which is about safeguarding the temple are you going to say that in each of these cases it's only a problem it's only a problem for instance to desecrate Shabbos if you're two people desecrating or or to eat chametz it's only a problem if you're two people eating chametz no way that's not the case whatsoever so you can expound like that so that goes back to the original question then why is it that forbidden relations are going to be a problem I'm sorry, why is it a problem to expound on forbidden relations to a group of people of three or more? El Amara Avashi, rather, Avashi, explains, My What does the Mishnah mean when it says you're not allowed to expound on forbidden unions with three students? It means as follows, You're not allowed to expound on the more hidden details of forbidden relations with three people. Um, And what exactly does the... The, the hidden details mean so we can go with um we can go with Rashi who explains that we're talking about the cases that are not explicitly mentioned in scripture in the verses we're talking about the ones that we learn through exposition and those you cannot do with three people my time what's the reason for this Sivaruhu. it's simple logic when you have two students sitting in front of their teacher the what ends up happening is is one student, Will be having a back and forth with the teacher, and the other one, he will turn his ears to this Talmudic discussion. He'll listen it. But, but if you have three students, then what will end up happening is is one student will have a back and forth with his teacher, and the other two, they will converse with each other and they will therefore not know what their teacher is saying, and they'll end up coming to permit that which is prohibited um, when it comes to forbidden relations. But then the Gemara says, if that's the case, that this is the way human beings work, then the entire Torah as well, you should never be able to teach any part of the Torah to a group of three students because two of them won't be paying attention. They won't be learning what they need to learn. So we answer no. arayos shiny. Forbidden relations are different. There you have to be extra careful. The Amar mark, his master said, Gezel va both when it comes to theft and forbidden relations. Dasan lehen. That's something that the, the person desires and very much wants. And if you aren't extra careful about teaching these, then it would be very easy. Or it's much more—it's much more of a realistic that it's in these two areas that a person will come out with wrong conclusions because they are so biased. So you have to be extra careful in the setting in which they are taught. but if so, that theft also would fall under this category. nami, then theft as well. You should only be teach the laws of theft if to a group of um, of less than three. So we answer, no. You have to be even more careful when it comes to forbidden relations. Because Arayos, when it comes to forbidden reunions, Be'en b'fanav, shalom bifonav, yitzrei, Whether the object of your desire is in front of you or not, you have this very intense desire for it. Gezel, but when it comes to theft, bifonav, yitzrei, it's b'fanav, only, Nafish only It's only such a strong desire if... The opportunity steals right in front of them. Shelo b'fanav, but if it's not in front of the issues Yitzrei, then it's, you don't have that intense desire, and therefore it's specifically when it comes to forbidden relations that you have to be extra careful as to the setting in which it is taught, because there it's so easy; it's the easiest to to um, to to come out with the wrong conclusions. Okay, now we're going to go on to the next part of the Mishnah. Masa, bereshis Bishnayim. We said you're not allowed to expound on the story of creation with two, meaning it has to be a group of less than two, so you're only really allowed to do it with one. Minohanimili, from where do we know this? The Taner because the rabbis taught as follows. liyamim rishonim. The verse says that, um, this is a verse in Devarim, in Deuteronomy, um, and it says as follows. For inquire about the early days, and that's written. The word inquire is in the singular. Yachid <inaudible> Shoah, What it's saying is, is that one person can inquire about the early days, which is the reference to their days of creation. sholin, <inaudible> but two are not allowed to inquire. Yachol yishal adam kodem Now you may have thought that you're allowed to ask. You can inquire about what existed before the world was created. Tamalomar. Therefore, the verse says, Le'min Elokim adam You shall inquire from the day that God created. Um, From the day that God created man on the earth, which will tell us that you can only go back to the beginning of the story of creation, but not to before that. You may have thought that a person is not allowed to inquire from the beginning of the six days of creation, but rather only from the day that man was created. Therefore, the Torah says, So inquire regarding the early days that preceded you, meaning you are allowed to inquire about the days that preceded man, beginning with the first day of creation. Or you may think that you're allowed to ask about what is above and below and before and after, meaning what is beyond our earth or specific realms of our of, of human existence or of, of the universe therefore the torah says you can inquire from one end of the heaven to the other end from one end of the heaven to the other you may inquire But you're not allowed to inquire regarding what is above what is below what is before or what is after Okay, we'll stop, uh, we'll stop here, um, and we're going to get more into these ideas in our next page of the Gemara.